Well, everybody, welcome back to the Trick Passage Joy and Goso TV on this beautiful Saturday, Saturday, October 14th, 2023. Welcome back to my channel. Welcome back to this episode talking about my core values and my life message. What is your life message? Let's listen to a podcast with one of my lifelong mentors, Erwin McManus. Shout out to Erwin. From Mosaic Church in Los Angeles, California, Salvadorian, Salvadorian fellow, Central American hermano, contemporary, contemporary of mine, a little older than me, but we're hermanos in Christ. And he was talking about, well, he was actually interviewing Mike Todd's young executive pastor, I forget his name, and he asked him, what is your life message? And wow, it got me thinking about that. And so I wrote down a few things because your life message is more than why are you in ministry or what is your purpose in life or what are you doing or what's missing or any of that stuff. But it really gets to the heart of the matter, at least for me, it really moved me and touched me, touched my life. So I wrote down a few things. Number one is I'm a creative. You know, I really would put before that that I love Jesus. I would say before being a creative or any of that, my life is really marked by the by the gospel of Jesus Christ. My calling upon this earth is to love Jesus and to make his name known, to let young and old, black and white, know about the power of Jesus to save, to conquer sin and death, to give us hope and life and eternity, to save us from hell to give us a second and third and fourth chance to show us his grace and mercy. And then that leads into the second thing that I have here, which is the grace of God. To having loved us, to having saved us, Ephesians is one of my favorite epistles, as well as the Psalms and Isaiah and Revelation and many of the the books of the Bible. But this message of grace and of hope is one that I carry deeply in my blood, in my heart, in my genes, in my DNA, in my soul. I can say that the Lord has called me to ministry or called me to ministry since I was born. I didn't know it. I didn't know what that meant. But I've always had such a, a, a drawing. I've been drawn to the gospel and the church and the mission of the church since I was born. I continue to believe that the greatest hope of the world through Christ, through Jesus, is the church. The greatest instrument, uh, organism, mechanism, system is the church, the body of Christ. Gather together to sing, to worship, to spread the good news, to go to the ends of the earth, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's number one. I guess you can just clump all that as number one. Number two is to be a creative I wouldn't say that that is super important for me. It's just one of those things I've noticed that I am a creative. I am not very detail-oriented. I'm not, there are a lot of things I'm not, but I'm definitely a creative. I'm a dreamer. I am a feeler. I'm a, I am, I get down at times. I get super excited at times. I can be, be, um, I can be someone who is emotional and passionate and can get sad, but I'm also driven, and, and I like to achieve. I'm on Enneagram 3, Wing 4. And as I've learned, you really are a lot of the numbers, all of the numbers, and then the 3 can go to 2 and 4, and to 6 and to 9, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, but yeah, there's no doubt that I love to express, to create, to do podcasts, music, music production, teach, to express, to... Um, 
I'm not a huge social person, but I do enjoy one-on-one conversations, small groups, definitely enjoy that. I love teaching. I love teaching the Word of God. And I think all of that is part of these two things, of Jesus and creativity. Number three, it's to be a father, a spiritual father. That is something that I have realized also since a young age, first because of being away from my father, my natural father, my beautiful dad, my papi, David Rigero Sandoval. He's in heaven now with Jesus. I had to be away from him since age basically 12. So most of my life, my teenage years, <laughs> ironically, I now teach 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and I see these young 11, 12-year-olds, and I think, wow, they're just little babies, and being away from your father at that age. In many ways, I had him for all those years, and I had him in my life through letters and phone calls and a few visits for most of my life, but it definitely left a mark. And so as I went through a lot of fear and and feeling fatherless, you could say, also acknowledging the amazing sacrifice of my mother to to be like Moses' mom, to put me in the river in the Nile called an airplane to send me to Egypt, which was Long Beach, California, trusting that God would do something great and yet her pain, her suffering was real. And of course, thankfully, like Moses' mom, I don't know if she has a name, I forget. Uh, she had Miriam and, of course, the princess of Egypt. And in, in this case, my grandma was the one who saved my life and rescued me and took me out of the water. So I thank God for my beautiful grandma, Abuelita Manda, and my mother and my father. So all of that now compels me to be a father first to my own children, to my beautiful wife uh, and I, my wife who's given us three gorgeous kids, including a son who I love dearly, and our daughters who I die for, all three of them. And then to be a spiritual father to young and old. And uh, now teaching math has been a joy because I feel like I am a spiritual father. When I was at VO, I had Victory Outreach Sound Santa Ana. Shout out to my beautiful church. I had a young man give a word of wisdom, this is just a year ago, yeah, about being a spiritual father through worship. I've had actually a few words uh, through VO about worship, and guess what I'm doing tomorrow? I'm leading worship at this church in Costa Mesa. So what an amazing, amazing experience to be a spiritual father, whether it's counseling, coaching, one-on-one, therapy, um, music, of course, production, um, helping so many people young people especially, to rescue them from this godless generation and to give them hope and to really, to I see myself in them, especially in their late teens, early teens, late teens, early 20s, because that's when I needed Jesus the most. And by the grace of God, I had mentors and therapists and coaches and pastors and my father and my mother and my grandma who guided me to Jesus. And then a lot of people, came into my life, my father-in-law, again, uh, who's in heaven with Jesus, connected me with so many men of God who guided me and who helped me so that I could find my way. And so that's why I feel compelled now to do the same. Next one is to learn to trust in God, put my hope in Him, because I grew up without a lot of Maybe you could say the nuclear family from age 12 on. I did have my mom and dad and my sisters till I was 12, and I had my grandma for most of my life, but not having that nuclear family through my teenage years and et cetera, 
I, I thought I had to do things on my own or that it was up to me to save my life and make everything happen. And so I'm just beginning to learn how to trust God at that deeper level of putting my hope in him knowing that he's the one who's doing things, not me, knowing that it is he who is at work, not my skills or my worry or any of that, but knowing that he's the one who's actually doing stuff. And so he's actually the one who is at work in my life. Now that so many young people deal with anxiety and depression and loneliness and and all kinds of stuff, I feel compelled to serve and to help young people to find their hope in Jesus, to put their hope in the Lord. Those that are in the church, to encourage them to remain faithful, to not lose their way, to be an example of to them of what God can do, even if they, like me, didn't have a father in their lives or a mom or family. I did have those, as I said, but it was cut off, you could say, earlier than I would have wanted. And so I can relate to people that have gone through similar similar things. And then the last one is just love. Um, I've always known that I truly love people. And I am, as I said, not a social butterfly, but I love people. I love people regardless of their color, their age, their socioeconomics. I've worked with young and old. I've worked with left and right. I've worked with young, yeah, black and white, Asian, African-American, all kinds of people, poor, not poor, rich and not Baptist and and um, Pentecostals, it doesn't really matter because the gospel is what matters. The gospel is what brings us together. The gospel is what what unites us. We have one baptism, one spirit, one Lord, and the same is Jesus. And and those, of course, that do not know Jesus, we are compelled to be ambassadors to bring the good news to them, so that they too can experience the hope of Christ and the, and the hope of of eternity, and a life lived with purpose and love and passion. And so that's given me a lot of love, and I've put myself, and God's led me to some pretty unique situations and circumstances. As I said, working with people on the streets, working with the rich, the poor, in Colorado, here in California, my own hometown of Nicaragua, it's been an amazing experience, and that's given me an open mind. I don't, I don't feel closed-minded, nor looking for my own success and my own glory. I'm not saying I haven't done that. Of course I have, and I've erred at times, but my center, my my north, I guess you could say, my due north is to honor Jesus and to give him glory because who am I if not for him? What am I? Who am I if not for his, his grace and love and mercy? There's nothing in me that is good except the love of Jesus and the grace of God and, and his heart in me. He's given me a new heart, a new spirit. He's uh, taken these dry bones and made them dance. And and I've been through the last few years, my wife and I, through some dry bones, the pandemic, and then we both lost our jobs and our beautiful dog, and David left for college, and her mom and her dad died during these last two years. I mentioned that we both lost our jobs. And so we've really had had to learn how to trust God and how to come together as a couple, and we've done that. And how to love God and love people. And even in the middle of those lows, we were serving every day, giving faithfully. When I was unemployed and, and et cetera, we still gave uh, 10%, 20%, 30% of our income to the church, to p- people in need, to those that needed it. And we, I volunteered at church for two years, just without a dollar, just 
court for free just to be a volunteer, even though I had a master's degree and church experience and all these things, but my heart has never been about money or fame or a title or, or any of that. I don't drive a nice car. I don't have uh, any jewelry or fancy books or anything or a popular podcast. It's just me and my computer and my wife and our three kids. And what else do I want? My mommy, my father who's in heaven, and my, my beautiful house, my Jesus. And what else can I want? My guitars, my studio. I mean, I am a blessed man, a blessed man. All these experiences, having worked with so many people in so many cities in so many states. And I'm only 50. I'm only in my early 50s, and so I have a long way to go. And I have now, <clears throat> excuse me, the scars and the the wounds to show. It's no longer this, oh yeah, my life is perfect and all that stuff. Not that it was ever, but now I have the scars, as Paul says. You know, I, He carries the, the scars of Jesus in his arms and his body. The, he carries the, the wounds. He carries the... You could say the stripes of Jesus, the the thorns, the he carries the cross. I mean, he carries the the pain of the Lord in his own body, and that's how I feel. Not not to the degree of our Savior, but certainly, as I said, not this life of oh yeah, everything I touch turns to gold. I've touched a lot of things that turn to not gold. <laughs> but I'm not talking about. And yet, God has been faithful, and He has protected me. He's never failed me yet. So those are the four or five things that. Are my life message. What is one thing? I would say it's the grace of God in the gospel. That is my life message, to spread the gospel. First to me, to preach the gospel to myself, then to my wife and children, and then to anyone who has ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. And I do that through music, through preaching, through teaching, through coaching, through mentoring young people, most of all loving my Jesus, loving my wife faithfully, committed to her for 30 years, loving our kids that are now all young adults and pretty much out of the house and being faithful, being in love with my wife and to honor Jesus. And one day when we have grandkids, uh, God willing, then to do it again and to teach them the ways of Jesus and to honor him forever and ever and ever. Amen. So thank you again for listening. I guess my my question to you is, what is your life message? And if you were to write down one or two things, what would be on your list? What is your life message? And to live from that, are you living from that message? I can thankfully say that I am living from that message. It hasn't been easy, but my heart remains for Jesus, remains for the gospel in Jesus' name. If you're like my coaching, whether it's one-on-one in terms of these topics of personality and life message or music production, please email me at triggerdavidtrigger.com or follow me on Instagram at davidtrigger. Thank you again for being here. I'll see you next time. Adios! Don't like the way I am Why don't you fix me